that those those are often the way I think we look at gifts. Though we look at like, oh, they just have this beautiful voice. Of course, they're a singer. Of course, they're doing well. But you know, whatever. But I think there's a lot of gifts where it's not quite. It doesn't quite work that way. It's more of a. It's more of a like. Um, you have this passion and this desire to investigate, learn, fall like follow through with it, find out about it, do it. And that is, is, is the gift is in, in some way, the inclination to do it. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. It's not so serious today. This is a not so serious Sunday, as we like to call it. But it's not Sunday. It's a different day than Sunday. But the point is, is that it's not so serious. Actually, Evan and I, back in the day when we started recording these podcasts, we decided, you know, some days you just gotta, you gotta wing it. You gotta just jump in and let's just see what happens. And there's something about that in art, which is so important. So we like to revisit these every now and then. And usually be honest, they come up when we're tight on time and we're just like, look, we got to quit bullshitting and we got to record something. And you know what? Let's just record. We already talked and we'll figure it out along the way. Sometimes we come in, we, we have something that is happening in our lives. It's present. And we're like, yeah, that would be good. Let's investigate that. And we come up with this fancy title and then we, we enter this, you know, conversation with that. But there's something about not so serious and I'll just share this, uh, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, but like as a screenwriter, sometimes you have a concept or an idea and you're kind of thinking about it and you work it out and then you sit down and you start writing it and maybe you've done a lot of work on it, maybe even figured out characters and story structure and, you know, all this stuff. And that can be effective and that's usually the best approach, but sometimes you just have a scene in your mind and it's and two characters you don't even have their names but you just kind of have an idea of what they are and you have something they need to talk about and you let them start going and you start writing a scene before you've even done anything and then something gets born out of it and a not so serious conversation is a little bit like that it's like let's just get talking and let's see what kind of comes out of this so i'm going to pass it over to evan but that's uh, that's what we're doing today so who knows what's about to happen and that's kind of exciting yeah, I mean, it's there's definitely no shortage of things that we were talking about <laughs> before we started recording. You know, con oh, is it Halloween? <laughs> we passed Halloween. <laughs> we're gonna turn this into a show yeah. where <laughs> where we have we'll do sound effects all the time. One of those, one of those. Are do they still do shows like that, or is it just like a is that shit just parodied now everywhere? Anyhow. Yeah. But so there was no shortage of, of things that we were talking about before we started recording, but you know, we couldn't, we couldn't really condense that or, or, or grab it, you know, sort of the central theme of, of what we were talking about and into sort of like a, all right, here's our topic for, for this show. But I mean, we were talking a lot about, you know, having trust in yourself. That was, that was a big thing. I know that's a big theme in my life. I've had, I've had not just you, but I've had a few people in it recently say, telling me to trust myself more than, more than I do. And I mean, I think that that's, I, I certainly don't think that I'm, I'm alone in that. I think I probably am in very good company with many people <laughs> around the world maybe people listening <laughs> on the other end of this and you know that can be a you know that can be a, a lifelong kind of thing learning to do and and in so many ways these episodes when we just launch into it is a bit of an exercise in learning how to do it right learning how to how to show a bit more trust, a little bit more faith, which is why I think that 
you know, that can be a really important exercise to do. It can be, a, or maybe not like an exercise, but a practice, you know, part of a practice somehow in your life where there's something where you just launch yourself into it without giving yourself a lot of time to think about it, prepare for it, you know, over control the situation, right? Because that's on the opposite end of the spectrum that, and that comes with its own set of pitfalls and problems. So having that as a thing where you, where you force yourself into a situation of just jumping in, I think that one of the things that can, it can help is, is learning to, it is, it helps you to learn to trust yourself a little bit more because you very often find that, that you could do a lot more than you thought you could when, when just pressed, you know, when, when just pressed with your back against the wall, so to speak. Right. So, I mean, and just, and, and personally, I, I know that just from, from where I was at, at one point in my life to where I am now, like I've definitely done a lot in terms of learning to trust myself more and more and more, but there's some, there's definitely some sticky habits and patterns and, and stories that, that, I still have going on, which, which cause more hesitation for certain things in my life than are probably necessary. So I don't know. I just thought I would throw that into the, I'd throw that into the mix to start things off. Maybe that, that kicks us off in a direction. A thought that came up for me while you were talking about trusting yourself is confidence and self-esteem. And this you know, this ability that I think when people have what seems to be confidence or they just kind of go and do stuff is like, they kind of just are trusting themselves. And I think one of the challenges is like, it's actually awareness and intelligence can work against you in so many ways. Because when you don't know any better, you go out and you try stuff without very much expectation or maybe no expectation at all. And because you don't have expectation and because you don't really know what can go wrong. And, you know, if you're just kind of coming in like a bit of a blank slate, there can be this kind of confidence because you're just like, well, you know, it, this is what I'm doing. And so I'm going to just do it. And then you do it and it's effective or whatever. And um, I think, you know, life experience, awareness and intelligence are great things to have. But I think they're one of the reasons why people begin to shut down as they get older and as they learn more. You know, um, it is, it, it takes another element of character to rise above that stuff. Like, you know, I don't know, I've, I brought this up in, in uh, past podcasts, but I've been riding a motorcycle and, you know, when I was younger, I probably didn't know what could go wrong. And now I am more aware and, you know, sometimes when I'm testing the limits of, of what I can do on the thing, you know, I have in my mind, Hey, like, you know, be careful. Right. Which is kind of good. <laughs> Cause you don't kill yourself. But the thing is, is like, there can also be like this, this timidness to, to just do something. And, and then eventually, like if I, if I, if I don't give up on it, if I keep pushing, I go, Oh, what was I so scared of? This is fine. But I think sometimes when you have awareness, you can be more timid about life. And I think sometimes this works against us and it takes a certain kind of courage to just try and to like go forward and do the thing because you know what could go wrong. And, you know, I don't know if people can relate to this, but like when you were younger, you probably noticed that you did stuff and you just like, like when I was younger, I could just go and do it. And now like, I, like I, I can't seem to do it. And I think that, um, as we get older, we become better, wiser, smarter, all of these good things. But I think that what we need to do is we need to sometimes look back to our younger self for wisdom. And we need to also give ourselves more grace and more kindness about certain things where it's like, look, maybe I don't know what I think I know. 
It's something that I've been, you know, I've been working through in my own world on, on many things other than just motorcycle riding, but there's lots of things I think I know. I don't actually know, but I really do believe I know them. I think I know them. And so then I live in this, they, they actually contain my life and they make me certain, certain, certain ways timid about certain things that I don't need to be timid about. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning to recognize that I may have learned some things wrong or incorrectly, and I assume that they're correct today and they're not. And I would, I would dare to say that a lot of people out there function under false beliefs and false knowledge, and they conduct their life in accordance to this, not realizing that they're limited. And I'll, I'll share one example before I pass it on. There's that story of the elephant. And as a, as a baby elephant, they put a chain around a post and around the baby's uh, leg or whatever. And it was like 15 feet. And so every time the little elephant walked away from the post, it would get pulled by the chain. And then eventually it grew up to be an adult and they took the chain off and the elephant would never walk 15 meters or feet away from this post because every time it did it before, it experienced being restricted. And so there may have been a time in our lives where we actually were restricted and now we're not, but because we still believe we are, we, we conduct ourselves as though we are. And I'll, I'll, I'll make this a little bit more personal. Your parents told you, no, don't do that. You can't do this. It's dangerous. You'll kill yourself. You hurt yourself, blah, 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 all these things. And we were kids and they were trying to protect us, but then we don't have the parents around anymore. And then we don't realize that our parents' fears for us were actually not they were holding us back and limiting us in life and maybe even possibly limiting them in life. But you have to become aware that, hey, that chain doesn't actually exist. And actually, it was keeping me small and it was actually holding me back. And even though my parents maybe have meant well by trying to protect me, it actually works against me today. And that is a whole relearning thing. And that's where I'm talking about this knowledge that we think we have, but don't really have. Yeah, and something to what you said there which i'm really just reiterating and rephrasing but yeah there there's we often think that that age comes with wisdom and it and it does i would say i would say that's the way things tend to go but age can in its own way also make us really dumb as well right and, and in the sense of yeah, like we can, we can use the experiences and the things that we've learned as a way of making us small as well, right? Like it's, it's kind of the flip side to what you're saying. Like, yeah, sometimes there were these limitations that were put on us by, you know, our, our family or, or our culture, whatever it is. And there's that aspect of it, but then there's the ones that we put on ourselves through our own experiences, because how else do you explain that? Well, how come I, I was able to, to go and do this thing, pursue this thing when I was younger without, without the, the fear or the anxiety or the, the, the hesitancy that I now have with doing the very same thing, right? Like that's clearly not, that, that doesn't strike me as being some sort of a childhood type of a thing. That's something that, that you kind of took on later on in life and and that's an element where i think we can become you know where where we lose we lose the wisdom of youth mm. right because there is a wisdom that that does come with it you know that sort of wide-eyed wonder of of youth in a way that that helps us to just pursue things to pursue things with with a, a kind of tenacity and and ferocity oftentimes because yeah we're we're not we're not as concerned about what are what are the the results of this thing right even though we might be after a certain result we tend to allow ourselves more room as when when we're younger for things to just Hey, th this doesn't have to be a, a, a big deal, right? This doesn't have to 
to to deliver something like let's let's go and and do this and and see what happens and i've mentioned this many times before on here but you know one of the main messages of the of the great spiritual classic the bhagavad gita is so much about this exact thing is about it's so much about living a life without expectations action without expectation right and there's so much wisdom to that so much wisdom to that and i think as we get older that can become more and more challenging to do because sometimes things don't work out a certain kind of a way and 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 it can often be painful for a variety of reasons and that and that makes us a little bit more skittish about about going in a in a certain direction but the thing is is that it's like we want to maintain that thing of no expectation but just take the lesson it's like ooh that was a painful thing and that's actually shown me a better way of of doing this this other thing and i wanted to based in and sort of this direction that i'm going there's also something else you were saying that made me think of a hockey situation i'm a i'm a hockey fan if anyone didn't know that out there and you know and being from vancouver fan of the canucks and they're they're off to a a terrific start this season like the best the best start that the team has ever had in its history and there was a game that happened a while back that uh, they were playing the the New York Rangers and the Rangers are like right now they're one of the top teams in the league, but coming into the season were predicted to do, to do big things, right? Like they've, they've been billed as a real contender this year. And in that game, Vancouver lost that game, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, they, they, they lost, but at the end of it, the coach and most people who watched that game were not upset about that loss because of the way that they played it. And in fact, most people who watched it said that Vancouver deserved, a, they, they deserved a better outcome in that game. They, they were the better team, but they lost. So there was no, like, and in some ways I feel like that's a lot of the experiences that we have that make us gun shy, but we, we lose that, that sense of like, Hey, I like the way that I played though. I like the way that I played at that thing. You know, it's like, yeah, it was, you know, like we, there, there were some things that there's some bounces that didn't go our way. And sometimes that just happens. You can do, you could do everything right. And you just don't get the bounce. Mm -hmm. You just don't get the bounces for whatever that day. It doesn't mean that, that you, that you have to completely shit on and feel bad about what you did do and and the fact that you showed up and you played a good game right like you can you can actually take a lot of pride it's like hey i played a good game right bounces didn't go our way or maybe there are a few things like hey you know what we could have done this better in this one but there's so much that you can walk away with without without feeling negatively about what you're doing or, or, you know, whatever happened to you. So just thought I'd throw a little hockey analogy in there. Yeah. Well, those are some, those are some good points, man. I'm glad you did mention them. One thing you, you talked about, I'll just mention this quickly before I forget the losing the wisdom of youth. That was a good point because yeah, there is, um, there is a certain wisdom to youth and I don't think we always look at that. And I think for those of us who are older, um, giving young people a certain amount of credit that is deserved. You know, I think sometimes, you know, even as parents, you know, look at your kid and, and be willing to learn from them and open your mind a little bit, maybe a younger brother or sister, you know, sometimes I think that we can get stuck in our ways. And I think it's really important that we we look at other people in the world as, you know, having, having, uh, something, something to consider, you know, and I think for younger people too, it's worth listening to your, to your elders, you know, and, and listen to their advice. I, you know, 
if you don't listen to, if you don't have a mentor and you don't have somebody that's older than you that can help guide you when you're young, you, you are gambling. You know, there's a, there's, you're just gambling, man. You're, you're, you're out there in the world. I mean, it's a throw of the dice all the time. And for the people who, you know, they come from like broken families or, you know, neglectful parents, things like that. Um, you know, they have a certain amount of difficulty they're probably going to face that the average person won't face. You know, the person that has like parents that are caring and attentive and, and paying attention and mentoring and teaching and all of that stuff. On the other hand, I will, I will say sometimes people that have parents that are too attentive and too on, on them all the time, never learn to think for themselves. And then they have different challenges that they have to face. So it's not like one's better than the other, but you know, for me, like my, my parents and, you know, they, like, I would say that they're pretty aware of this. Like I was neglected a lot as a kid. I was left alone a lot to my own devices to to do whatever I would do. And I, no one read with me as a kid. So I was behind in school. People thought I was, the teachers thought I was slow. They thought I was like not retarded, but like, <laughs> well, I know sometimes we won't use that word anymore, but whatever we did back in the day. So whatever. I'm old. Um, the, the point is, I don't, I don't mean any disrespect, but like they, they thought I was slow. They thought it was like, you know, uh, I don't even know the word people use anymore. Political correctness sucks that way. But the point is, is that um, they thought I was like a, a not good at learning and that I was incapable. And so I was in special ed reading class. And at one point I was in like a special English class, like to, to learn how to do like to write and read properly and do stuff like that because no one was there helping me. And, um, I probably own more books than 98% of the people that I know. Like, like I have a massive library. I, I read all the time. I mean, I write every single day now. I mean, I am like the poster child of, of rising above that challenge. But the thing is, is that there was a time where I just thought I wasn't a very good learner. I actually believe this narrative. I, I thought that I wasn't like super smart. I was just an average kid. And then you know, eventually I just said, you know, well, let's, what if I tried, you know, what if I just like did it and, and like, like I, I observed the kids that were doing well and what they seemed to do was they would just do their, they would do the work. They would, they would always pass in their assignments. They would always like, you know, they would, they would, whatever they were asked to do, they would do it, you know, that type of thing. And I had this, um, we had this uh, career and personal planning teacher or whatever person come into one of our classes and they said, listen, there's people who succeed. They have this, this personality type. And we went through these personality types. And I just remember this one because I remember they said the people who succeed, who do really well, they have this personality type. It's called taking care of business. I just remember this so well because it was a turning point in my life. It's just like, Oh, what's that? Taking care of business was this mentality where the people who do their work before they play, they get all their responsibilities done before they ever like, you know, go off and, 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 and have pleasure and joy and play and fun and whatever. They get it done. It's the first thing they do. They tend to succeed in life. And I said, you know what? That could be a mentality I have. So what I would do is I would come home from school and I would just kids would be out there playing. I could hear them out the window and all my friends were out there and like, I wanted to hang out with them so badly, but I'm like, just do all your work. So I would do all my homework the moment I got home. And then I wouldn't come out to play or to hang out or socialize or watch TV or do any of that stuff until everything was done. And if I got like a, a big assignment, like a, uh, something that was due in like three weeks or something or like whatever, like some paper, I would literally write it within the first two days, three days. It would just get it done. And what happened, Evan, this is the most interesting thing. I, I, I experienced peace on a level that I had never experienced peace before. Because what would happen is the due date would be coming up for this paper. And I was done weeks ago. And I was just like, yeah, like, you know, and I had time to think about it. I had time to like ponder if I liked what I still wrote. I could do some edits if that kind of came up. And mm -hmm. naturally, sometimes that would and I would just refine it. And I went from being this like literally failing, basically C, C minus type kid to being an A student and, and every single semester. And they, they started giving me like tuition money, like early tuition money and all this stuff. And 
I remember a kid came to me in the bathroom and he's like, how'd you do it? What'd you do? And I was like, I just started doing my work. And here's the thing, who you think you are is, is no more than just who you, who you believe yourself to be, who you're being and living as though you are. You're not that. You could change the way you, you, you conduct yourself. When I, I've, I've seen this happen for me in multiple cases. So like I went from being a failing student to going to the top university in the province, University of British Columbia. For me to do that, to go from, I failed in, I failed a class even in, in grade eight social studies. For me to go from a failing student who had to do summer school to getting into the most prestigious school within my province, it's a fucking heroic journey. I mean, like whatever, pat on the back, big deal, but whatever, like it just shows that you are not who you think you are. You can change. What I found interesting though, at this stage in my life is that what stops me from doing that all the time? Where do I get like snagged, like caught on something? And I just can't quite make that shift from like, you know, you can't do this to like, you can, and like the world is infinitely possible. And so, um, you know, I don't even know what our topic necessarily is. I'm not sure if I figured it out. But the point that I'm saying is that in my youth, I still believed I could be anything at any time. And as I've gotten older, I've started to settle in a little bit more to who I think I am. And when I've recognized that who I think I am is sometimes holding me back, I've had a little bit harder time letting go. And I think that there's, uh, if I was to look at my younger self, my younger self, just fucking do that instead, Brandon. <laughs> like, just go do that instead. Like, stop doing this and start doing that. That's all we did. We didn't really do anything other than just do it differently. And, and, and you know, and, and one last thing, Evan, I know I'm talking a bit here. There's a, a, a coach and a author, a business man that I really like, his name's Jeffrey Gittimer. And he has this quote, he has many good quotes, but one of his quotes is, you already know what to do. The problem is you're not doing it. And I think that's so fucking true. Mm. It's just like, you already know what to do. You don't have to go learn it. You don't have to go, what do I do? What do I do? It's often you actually know what you need to do. You're not doing it. So my then obvious question is, why am I not doing what I already know I need to do? And I feel like as you get older, you have to answer those kind of questions because we have trauma and baggage and all sorts of bullshit that's stopping us because it's not a matter of knowledge. Because I think as you get older, you actually figure it out. It's a matter of resistance and understanding what's working behind the scenes. That quote reminds me of another one from Krishnamurti where he said, you think you're confused but you're not <laughs> just, I, I, I take that as, you know, he's speaking about that, that inner knower that, that we all have that is completely clear on things. And I also think of it in that, uh, sort of, I don't know if anyone else has said it. So as far as I know, I've coined this one, but it's like, we can, we can convince ourselves of anything, but fool ourselves of nothing. I think that's also part of that. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, you know, actually know what to do, you know, but like we can play all kinds of tricks on ourselves. And, and I think a part of getting to that place of clarity is actually getting quiet within ourselves so that we can actually just be honest with with what's real on a complete, well, not on a complete flip side of a thing, but some of what you were saying reminds me a little bit of a podcast we did a little while ago about limitations. And I think that as, you know, because there, there is that, that something very beautiful about that whole youthful you can do anything. And there's a part that I go, yeah, for sure. But that doesn't mean you can do everything. Right. And I think that as we get older, we begin to have experiences where we do start to run into 
our limitations, right? And that doesn't mean that we can't move past certain limitations, but I think that it's a great thing to know our limits because I don't think that our limits actually take us away from anything that's important to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that like our limits actually are in many ways, they're also guideposts to us about it. It's just like, no, 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 no. Like, why are you wasting your time trying to do this thing, right? Trying to do this thing that you're really shitty at, right? I mean, sure, you could spend a lot of time trying to get better at this thing, but is that really something that's important to you? When instead you could focus on this thing that you're actually really good at, that you can that you can also be getting better at that thing too but you could be really be do this thing that you're really good at be more fucking amazing at this thing and spend your energy on that thing because that's something that you can that you can really give to people right like that 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 can be of true value to somebody it's like you can give an a plus in this one fucking thing that you're doing but because you're not putting a limit on yourself and you're trying to be really fucking great at this thing that you're a C at. And, and even if you worked your ass off, you might only get to a C plus or a B at this thing. It's like, is, are people going to value you more for the B that you can deliver on this thing that's that other people can deliver an A plus at, or are they going to want you more for the thing that you are an A plus at? Right? So I think that, you know, yeah, limits are, are a thing that are a bit of a, you know, it's almost like they're a bit of a taboo wor word in our culture that it's like, no, 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 we can't accept any limits and da, da, da. I, and it's like, hey, like I, but I don't think limits are a bad thing. There, we, we put limits on things for very good reasons. There's reasons why we have speed limits on roads. <laughs> right? Like there's, because why? Because that saves people's fucking lives, right? Like it's, there's, so there, there's, it's not an inherently bad thing for there to be limits and for there to be even limits on ourselves. Again, they can, they can help guide us to what are the things that are actually our gifts? What are the things that where are our actual strengths and in that way we can yeah we can stop wasting as much time and energy on a lot of other things because i think that where i think that where our, our gifts lie is also where our joy is as well right like i think that those things go together typically okay well I'm, i want to talk about gifts a little bit because I don't think that you have to be gifted at something in the sense that you're ahead of everybody and you have some kind of special skill that everybody doesn't seem to have. I don't think a gift works quite like that. Although I do think there are scenarios where it's, it's, it's beneficial and it's important. So for example, I might say like having a, a singing voice, having an advantage on just having kind of a, a good voice for whatever reason. I don't know how that all works. Maybe it's something to do with what you were born with, but maybe it has something to do with how you were raised and what you learned. I'm not really entirely sure. It is helpful. And, you know, if you wanted to be a singer, then having a, a voice and having a sense or having that ability to hear sound is, is, is almost necessary. In that case, that those, those are often the way I think we look at gifts. So we look at like, oh, they just have this beautiful voice. Of course, they're a singer. Of course, they're doing well, but you know, whatever. But I think there's a lot of gifts where it's not quite, it doesn't quite work that way. It's more of a, it's more of a like, um, you have this passion and this desire to investigate, learn, fall, like follow through with it, find out about it, do it. And that is, is, is the gift is in, in some way, the inclination to do it becomes problematic for people who like, they, they maybe don't have naturally a good voice and maybe they're not, 
like they're they're sound deaf or something like that like they're just not capable of singing and then but they're passionate about singing they just want to be a great singer and that's really challenging that's a that's a difficult struggle to have because you want to be a good singer but like it doesn't sound good and 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 you're like well what's happening right in that case it's like a tweak and an adjustment something about music may be pulling you and you got narrow focused and thought oh it's the voice i got to be a singer and you got to ask yourself like why do i want to be a singer so badly like if you're really good with music and you love music and you want to be a part of music there are so many different instruments you could play. There's so many different ways to make music and technology has opened up the floor for you to be able to do it in so many various ways. And maybe, and this is where, you know, this is where you got to be honest with yourself. Do you want to be a singer? Because actually what you're after is getting recognition and being the center stage and being the person that's important because that's a different thing. And if that's really what you're after, then you could probably do that, but you don't do it through singing. You do it through something else. And you could be center stage if that's really what you want and that's really what you're after. But like, I think what you're pointing to is limits, right? Where it's like, hey, like I'd love to be the lead singer of a band. You know what? Personally, I think that'd be fucking great. But like, don't get me singing. Like I'm not like, like maybe I can sing like a little here and there under certain circumstances. I don't know. But like, I'm definitely, that's not what I'm, but the idea of being a rock star, the idea of being center stage, the idea of leading a band to create great music. I fucking love that idea. But you know where I am good, Evan? I'm good as a director for film. I can lead a team to help make a really good film and I've won awards making films and I can do it that way. But as a lead singer, I'm not. it's not me. Even though I would probably have good skills at being a leader, bringing the band together, keeping them enrolled, keeping them excited, inspiring them to create i could do all that stuff but me as the lead singer is not gonna it's not gonna work Mm -hmm. but maybe as a manager i would be good but not as the lead singer and this is one of those things and and, but you keep forcing the idea i gotta be the lead singer i gotta do this i gotta do that and i think this is one of those things is like limits sometimes they redirect us just enough to the right thing but we get caught in our mind that we have to go down this certain road. And it's like, no, you don't have to go down that road. Like everything about the way you want to do that is good. But the one thing is, it's not quite the right spot for you. And I think that's very hard for us to accept. And then we take it out on ourselves and we go, well, like, I'm not good enough, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's me. I'm problem, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you're trying to put a square block in a circle hole. It just simply does not fit is a limit, right? That is a limit, isn't it? Trying to put a square block into a circle hole. It's like you can try and try and try, but it's like you're, you're going to, you're going to mess everything up. You're going to break it. You know, either the square is getting broken or the circle hole is getting broken, but something's not going to work. So find your fit. And when you find your fit and you put that effort into it and it's easy, all of a sudden you get great results. You know, like for me, I'll just share this with school. You know, to some degree, it is designed for most everybody, maybe not everybody, but most everybody to succeed. School, once I understood this, I I knew how to get A's. I knew how to get, I knew how to game the system because it's a game. It's just a game. And the game works like you, you're given a task, you do it to a certain quality, you get a, a, you get a grade back, which says, this is how well you did it. This is how accurate it was. Everybody can do that game. It becomes a little bit more varied and and difficult when you get into like kind of what they call the arts, where it becomes more of like, now it's about what's your relationship with the teacher? Do they like you? Or do they like, do they, you know, how do you show up? But this is like life, man. If you have a bunch of tattoos and you want to go show up to an executive job and people see your tattoos, they're not going to take you as seriously because you're a mismatch in that environment. You chose to have tattoos. That's not in your environment. You need to, or you need to, you need to figure out a way to rise above that. You need to rise above the judgment and you can't make the environment wrong It simply exists that way. That's the game of the executive environment. But if you want to be a tattoo artist and you have no tattoos and you wear a suit, people are going to be like, what the hell is this? 
this is doesn't fit. It's weird. It's does, you know what I mean? So I think part of what we're talking about too, is we're, we're talking about finding your kind of position. You're, you're, you're finding your place in all of this. And then when you find your place, you don't have to force and push things so hard. You know, it, limits are good in the sense that sometimes they keep you away from the things you shouldn't be doing. And, you know, sometimes you need to, you need to push on the limits and show everybody that there are no limits and prove to them that they don't exist. But sometimes you need to look at the limits and say, Hey, this makes sense. You know what? Let me, let me recalibrate. Let me redirect myself. You know? Okay. One last thing. Motorcycle riding. I'm going to come back to this because I fucking love it. But motorcycle riding, you know, you can take your bike, you can ride as fast as you want down the highway and you can do this type of stuff. You can weave in and out of cars. You could do it, go do that. They don't, it's frowned upon. You could not only get a ticket, you can have your bike taken away. You could maybe never ride again. You could kill yourself. It's all these bad things that can happen. But you know what? There are tracks where you can ride and there's open fields where if you fall, you'll go sliding off into grass and, you know, and you won't hit a wall and you'll probably survive it. And you can test the limits of your motorcycle and go just about as fast as you want. And you won't kill anyone else most likely by doing that. Um, so yeah, you can break the rules and you can go against the laws, but you know, you're also taking risks and that's why we create playgrounds and sandboxes and safe environments for us to express some of the stuff that we would like to do. You pick your place, pick your, pick your lane. Yeah, it's it's kind of that focus thing, right? Like where limitations as a as a means of of giving you focus, which can be a real gift, you know, in in terms of not spreading yourself out everywhere. Man, there was a lot of things you said, and there was I wanted to touch on on a number of them. This is always the problem. It's like, oh my god, there's so many threads that we could we can pull on here there was there was something oh yeah like just it, the music thing that you were talking about like the like a singer i'll also throw out there that you know very often it's like well what kind of singer is it that you that you think you need to sound like as well right yeah it's because you can look through the history of modern music and there are some strange voices that were huge successes neil young jumps to mind and a lot of people hate the sound of neil young's voice they can't stand him but neil young is neil young and he has millions upon millions of people who love his music and he's just one example but there's loads of so it's sometimes it's like it's not even that your voice is a limitation maybe it's Maybe it's a limitation in terms of the types of things that you can sing on a, but that's purely on a technical level, you know, because you can have the voice that is yours and you use it to the, to, to whatever it can do in, in as honest as, as a way as you can use it and you can still reach and connect to people, right? But it just maybe is... You know, your voice is never going to sound like Whitney Houston. You know, it's like, that's just, that's just not going to happen. But maybe you're not supposed to sound like Whitney Houston. And, you know, as one of my old acting teachers said in one of his lessons, he said, uh, he said, why do you want to be the next Brad Pitt? We've already got a Brad Pitt. We've already got one. We don't need another one, right? We don't need another of someone who's already who's already been like, let's, let's get to you and, and, and what you are. Right. And, and that's so much of the, the artist's challenge, right? Like that's the challenge, which is letting that learning how to let that thing come, come through more openly, you know, as you, as you go on and on and on, because yeah, there's so much shit that can get in the way of, of, of you being able to do that. Right. And I mean, what else? I feel like there was something else there that you said too that I wanted to touch on. You were talking about music and singing and singers and and accepting our limitations, maybe your thing. 
is actually something. Oh yeah, yeah. So the thing that I, that it was was, you know, where where you have passion, where you have passion, you have opportunity, and the reason why you have opportunity is because there's nothing that replaces passion. There's nothing that exists in human capacity that replaces passion. And what it gives you is a level of intimacy with whatever it is that you're doing, which means a level of care, a level of involvement, a level of engagement that is something that cannot be faked. Passion allows you to see things that other people just don't see, right? And you see it in a way that is innately unique to you, right? And this goes along with how openly you can let your your voice and your expression of what you do be, right? Because it's about like, well, there's this thing that I see. And now I have to, to do whatever I can through this art or this medium that I have to try and communicate this thing that I see to everybody else, right? And and part of why no one else can do that is because there are people who just don't have a passion for that thing like you do, right? I mean, certainly there are other people who, who there are other people who have the exact same passion for the thing that you do, but it's not everybody, right? And and even the people who have the passion for the same thing that you do, they still don't see it the way that you do. They still don't execute it the way that you will, right? And, and your vision and your message, even though it might be the same as someone else's, is going to be communicated in a different way. And in a way that someone might only be able to understand through you. So coming back around a little bit here i feel like i'm i'm repeating myself but yeah passion what it gives you is just that level of of attention and care that can't be faked that someone who maybe has a passing interest like you know the whole thing of yeah who wouldn't love to be some fucking amazing like lead singer of a rock band you know of like an awesome rock band like yeah it's it's the but you know, we're so often we're in love with the idea of something, right? And that's a very, very different thing than actually having a passion for the thing, right? Because having a passion for the thing is like that that's a that comes with a kind of dedication and a kind of a a perseverance, a, a certain kind of love for the challenges that come with it, you know, that for someone who just has like an interest in the idea of it, they're not going to, you don't stick around for those things, right? Because once it starts getting like throwing these challenges up at you, you just go, it's like, ah, you know what? Like this actually isn't fun for me, right? I love to sing and you know what? Maybe I get up and I go and I do karaoke every week. You know, or I, or I fucking blast music and I sing at the top of my lungs in the car or, you know, or, or you sing for your family and friends in, in some capacity or whatever. But that thing of being a rock star is just not where your passion actually is. You have a love for this thing. I'll give you that. You know, there is a certain kind of love, but there's got to be almost that obsessive quality with something. And Sometimes it takes going down the road a little ways with something in order to discover that, that, that difference where that line is. Yeah. You know, you, you bring up some good stuff. I would say this, you know, the rock star thing is we, we do like that to some degree because we, what we see, but we don't really know the, the, the real experience of it because like, well, there's this, you know, I mean, there's this band that you might have to, to work with and figure out, and there may be egos to, to battle with, and there may be a lifestyle that comes along with it. And there's, you know, and there may be kind of a, you know, financial ups and downs, and there may be um, pressure to 
sell out and do something that you don't really want to do at certain points and times. Um, you know, there is a, there, there's lots of things about that, about art that people don't always see. Like, you know, I've, I've talked about this on, on past podcasts. I know this personally is like the working director or working screenwriter versus the actual, you know, screenwriter or director you imagine yourself as like, you know, like when I think of a screenwriter or like a, a filmmaker, I'm thinking of like, you know, Quentin Tarantino and David Fincher and Martin Scorsese. And, you know, I'm thinking of these like big guys that are doing like monumental, like culture changing work. I'm not thinking about like, you know, people that we don't even know their names who are directing some show on a season of, of some like daytime television, you know, that's not who I'm thinking of. Right. And the thing is, is that, um, it's not to say that one is necessarily better than the other, but I think what attracts us to these things, you know, is we, we, we look at the thing and we think, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be the best? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be loved? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be acknowledged, recognized, have the status? But we forget about the, 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 the band that's just trying to get a gig, you know, and they're not playing any music together and, and, you know, and then they have pressures of life and, you know, and, and people are thinking about quitting the band and you're trying to hold them together. And we don't think about all that stuff that comes along for that ride. And, you know, I've heard that, I don't know much about the music industry as far as like what the experience of being a musician is. I only have observations and little insights, but I've heard that 90% of being a musician is not even playing on stage that, you know, you need to fall in love with that 90% or not even love it, but love the five or 10% of actually playing so much that you're willing to do the 90, 95% of grunt work that comes along with getting yourself on stage to actually play. And, uh, you know, and I think that's an important element for us to, you know, to consider. And I think that if you find out that you don't love something enough to want to do the grunt work, I don't think you should look down on yourself and say like, Hey, like, Oh, like, you know, it's something wrong with me. No, it's like, there's nothing wrong with wanting a consistent life, working a regular job and raising a family and, you know, and, and, and going on vacations with, with your family or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't, it's like in, in you know, it's, it's all fine. It just depends what you feel you want to live out and and do and what you care about and by the way you know like sometimes the people that we think are the most like the dream achievers they're not living a dream at all they're living a nightmare and and they have to present that it's the dream because if they don't their whole fucking facade's going to fall apart so they have to keep telling you yeah this is the dream this is what you want this is what it's supposed to be they have to keep that facade up and that's even part of their hell because if they break that and they and they let you in on the truth, you won't want to watch them anymore. You won't care. And 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 they need you to believe they're special. And you know, and and they can live in a kind of hell that way. So don't think that just because someone looks like they're living the dream means they're actually living the dream. You know, and this is something I've been, you know, I've been becoming more and more aware of is that, you know, the life that I think I want to live in the life that I'm living challenging that idea of this life that I think I want to live is such an important part of, of, of my journey at this stage, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff I found that I just take for granted because it's like, you know, things like health and wisdom and loved ones are so valuable. But we can be off looking at it going like, oh man, I wish I like, I was somebody. I wish I had this money, the status, this whatever, like, you know, and we forget that like, yeah, like that might be cool. But if it meant that you had to give up some of these things, like the person you love the most in the world, if you had to give it up for that, like, would you? It's like a lot of people are chasing the the status and the money because they want love. Meanwhile, people who have love are taking their love for granted thinking they need to get the status because those people who are in those positions of recognition are, are look like they're standing up on the mountaintop saying, look how great it is up here. You know? And it's like, yeah, sure. looks great. But then if you looked at their life and you actually saw how they're fucking drug addicts, they're like, 
they're depressed. They can't hold a relationship together. No one will be there for them if they're struggling other than somebody who's trying to make a buck off of them. They're fucking desperate and alone. And, and it's horrible for some of them, not everyone. But the thing is, is that we don't have a full perspective. And I think this is important to keep in mind as we, uh, you know, as we navigate way of the artist, because yeah, it's not all about how it looks on the surface, you know, it's also about how it's experienced step by step. Evan, I know that we got to wrap this baby up. So I want to start to close down on this combo and uh, I'll, I'll share the beer and then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. So we're having another hazy pale ale. And this one's from Ferning, Fern, sorry, Ferning, Fernie Brewing Co., which is a nice little BC place. Uh, and this one's juicy, citrusy, and refreshing. It's uh, it's good. It's got some mountains, nice little orange, pretty looking can. Um, I like it. I I found this one to be a little bit more bitter, a little bit more um, like like a punch in the face. But I like it. It's tasty. It's really good. But it's one of those um, it's one of those ones like a little bit um, it's a little bit packs a little bit of punch for me. So I've been enjoying it, but it's not one that I would necessarily pound back a whole bunch in a row because I feel like it's a little overwhelming to do that but one nice drink of it has been good for me today yeah it's when I had a first sip of it I went like oh like that's uh, like that's that's good it's uh I was like it's juicy and and kind of fruity and then sure enough on the can it says juicy and citrusy are the first <laughs> couple of words <laughs> I say like yeah that's accurate that's accurate no I I've been enjoying it it's been it's been a real, real good one over the course of this talk. And I, I got nothing bad to say about it on my end of things. So well done, Fernie. So I guess some closing, some closing comments on this not so serious conversation here. And well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going, so, so I'll, I'll just go, I'll just go and we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes out. And I think that this was, this was one of those very sort of exploratory, you know, kinds of conversations that, that we have from time. To, I mean, they're all exploratory, but this was even more so, I suppose, because we, we just kind of went down a lot of different avenues and, and see like, where, where is this one taking us and where does this one take us and, and discover what's on the other side of it. And just thinking in terms of, you know, this, this talk started from from more or less talking a little bit about trust and and about trusting you know me trusting myself but in a broader conversation about trusting ourselves and seemed to head into into a conversation about about where as you put it as to where we fit right and and you know that's there's there's a connection and there's a through line with all of these conversations and you know whether we can see precisely how that is or not they're they're connected and, and so i guess i'm attempting to do that connection right now because i do see something of a form there of of how we we got to that place and you know i think that that level of trust that we have with ourselves is comes with seeing that that place where we fit and that place where we fit means accepting our limitations accepting the things that are actually not right for us right because then we can we can focus our energies into doing the things that we actually have the passion for have the gifts for and it's not to say that we are perfect at something, but that our our potential is there. Our greatest potential is in these things, right? And all of the challenges that will come with it in that pursuit. But yeah, not trying to force that thing. And I think that if we, when we learn where we fit and we stop trying to force things that don't, it gives us more of an opportunity to find that trust, right? To have that trust in ourselves. And, and 
I think that sometimes that's not even, it's not even a rational thing, right? Like we can certainly probably do that as well and, and come up with rational reasons as to why we trust ourselves with doing certain things and in being in certain situations. But I think that there's a whole level of it where, you know, we, we can't fully comprehend the impacts of the gifts that we have that we share. We can't fully comprehend that, that thing. So there's so much we have, there are reasons that we have to trust ourselves. And then there are unreasonable things (laughs) and unreasonable reasons (laughs) to, to trust ourselves as well. But that comes with starting to understand that place of where we fit where our gifts and our passion the needs of the world yeah this conversation has been one where i don't know i've lost the plot several times i don't know what are we talking about again talking about trust talking about fitting (laughs) limits there's a bunch of things that came up and i think sometimes you know it's not even about going like the things are about a bunch of things you know we're about a bunch of things you know you, you you're not just your art you're not just the one thing that you're focused on you're a whole bunch of things you know and you're you're a series of relationships to everybody you know and and i think that it's good to narrow our focus onto something and put a lot of attention towards something and be like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm up to. This is what I'm building. This is who I'm going to be and blah, 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 blah. And all of that is all great because I think if we don't do that, we kind of end up feeling lost and confused and we don't know what we're doing with ourselves and whatever. But I think, you know, part of it is putting, putting faith in the fact that if you go after what you care about that it will end up nurturing a lot of what's around it. And I mean, I think even if you go down the wrong road and you try to put a lot of energy and effort into something that turns out to not be the right thing to put that energy and effort. And and I say right thing, I mean, quote, right thing. Because, you know, like, I, I do think that there is a part of us who are like, oh, I wasted so much time doing this thing and, you know, and I wish I just knew and I wouldn't have done that. And it's like, well, you know, if you hadn't done that, like, what would be the cost of that? What would, what would have, what would you have lost? Because sometimes you're going down the wrong path to meet the right people. And you just don't know. Like the point is that I think that I'm kind of coming to as I kind of work through this conversation with you, and it has been a bit of a work through for me, is that it's like, oh yeah, you're struggling with this, Brandon. Maybe you're struggling with this because that is actually enabling something else to happen that you're not paying attention to and wouldn't pay attention to. So instead of like beating yourself up for like this thing being a struggle, why don't you like take a breath and look around and kind of see what's happening and, and maybe look at yourself too and see who you're becoming. Because, you know, I, I would like to be somebody who, when I run against adversity and something becomes difficult, I have the kind of character and discipline to push past the difficult thing and rise above it and figure out a way and find a solution and be that kind of person. But I'd also like to be the kind of person that goes, you know what? I think we're forcing this. I don't think this is supposed to go this way. It doesn't feel right. And I'd like to be somebody who is attentive to that sensation, that feeling that, that have that ability to be like, let's change course. This, you know, it's not, this isn't about character. This isn't about forcing it. This isn't about trying to find a way. This is a clear sign that says, don't go down this path. This is not the right way. And, and that I could be responsive to that and say, you know what? Nah. I'm listening to my inside. This does not feel good. It doesn't feel right. Something feels wrong. And, and instead of just, you know, muscling through that feeling all the time, you know, and, and also like if I'm fucking up at something and I'm not doing very well at it and I think I should be doing better is to go like, 
to not try to beat myself up about that, but to be like, to, to, to use that as an opportunity to like, look at how I treat myself because I have found that, you know, the way I treat myself will not change until I identify that there's a problem. And I think that sometimes we need to go down a road simply to realize that it's showing us who we are. We thought we were going down the road to get something and to see something, but it wasn't to see anything other than ourselves. And so I think like what this conversation has done for me is it's helped me to see myself a little bit better. And I think that's, that's a win. I think that's kind of how, you know, I'm, I'm walking away looking at this. And as though we did take down, we went down many roads and we navigated something. It's kind of has a bit of a through line for me, but at the end of the day, it all kind of points back to the same thing. It's like, yes, wherever you go, there you are. And I think that's something we don't always talk about on the, on the, on the way of the artist. We don't always talk about that because we're always talking about finding your way, choosing your path, doing this. We, we, we tend to focus on that. And I think that's natural, but then it's like, yeah, yeah, but there you are. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.